opportunity we have that they're giving us the whole story to go to the door is one that uh, edifies our shul and one that uh, is uh, not lost on us at all and so much appreciate. Those of Asher Talmidim and Shafter, those of us who still live in Medrash, are able to see the unusual melding of the loss of Anvisarusa. But to see how Holman the boy, anybody can come, and the Shafter has uh, an important amount of uh, patience to explain, to explain over and over again, uh, and to be concerned about both individuals, them and people and communities that are far from the campus. At the same time, everyone's the great gift we have to access the Bachma that Chef is willing to share with us. Thank you very much. About 10 years ago, my wife showed me uh, an essay on the internet that was written by an Arab businessman who lives in America. And he writes that he, was, uh, he dealt in business with Jewish uh, people. And he always knew that there's a day of Yom Kippur and a day of atonement. So finally, after all those years, he asked one of the Jews, what do you do on Yom Kippur? What is it all about? So the Jew tells him, we clap our hate and we admit that we did sins. And we promise that we're not going to repeat the sins. And we try not to repeat the sins. So the Arab said, what a fantastic idea. By us, we never admit that we made a mistake. It's not manly to admit that you made a mistake. We claim that everything we did was right. And then we have to cover up by making more mistakes. And we keep on making mistakes on top of them. Said, so we'll never admit that we made a mistake. What a wonderful religion you have. We don't even appreciate what a wonderful religion we have. There's such a concept as, as admitting that we did that we did a mistake. The Gemara Yuma learns that from Sukkim when the Kangoro recites the Vida on behalf of himself and the Echbaqadama on behalf of Kal Yisrael, Minain Shebaana, that he has to start off on Hashem. And a lot of the Mahsurim this is missing. Again comes saying so a lot of the Maksim, the word honor is missing, but it's supposed to be there. It's supposed to say, please, please forgive my sins. So you look in the Ramam, beginning of Hilchas Shuvah, the very beginning he writes when you, he gives you the text of the, the suggested text of the Vidu, so he quotes this Loshan Honor. You have to say, please. When do you say, please? So you say, Akadosh Bochu, I sin. Please have Rahmanas and forgive me for the sin that I did. But you look in the Nusach that the Kangarl says in the video on Yom Kippur, it's problematic. He says, Ana twice. Ana Hashem Chatas Avisi Pashai Telefonecha Isin. Ana Hashem Kapa Nalacha Toim Lavainas Lapshon. So the second time we understand why we say, Ana, please forgive all of the sins that we did. But the first time that he says, Ana, Ana Hashem Chatas Avisi Pashai he's just admitting that he did an Avera. So what's Ana? He's not asking for anything. Why do you say, Ana? So Absalachik mentioned in one of the many drushes that he gave in Aseris Mechuva that uh, the Bali Musa in Europe used to say you have to ask HaKadosh Baruch Hu to give you a siyak to the you should be able to be makar, to recognize, to admit that you did an Aveh. A lot of people are not prepared to do that. A lot of people are not in the mood. 
They think that it's not manly to admit that you made a mistake. So we ask HaKadosh Baruch on Hashem please give me the ability to admit that I made a mistake. We know that with respect to Korban Chatos in Parshas Vayikra, if a person doesn't have Erb which if he would have violated it, the Nezid with Mechaif Kores, so if he does have Erb so the Torah says he has to bring a Chatos. So the Pasuk says, means him. When, when he has the when he comes to the realization that he did an Avera, so then he has a chiv to bring a korban chat. So there's a Tosis on Shavuaz, Daf Dalad, Omer Aleph. The Tosis points out that the chiv chatas only takes effect, the chiv chatas only sets in when there's Yediyas Achet. Before the person realizes that he did a chet, he's not chayv a So Tosis gives the following motion. Let's say, a Metzoy Shabbos person says, Abdali has a very uncomfortable feeling. He doesn't really know Hilcha Shabbos so well. He has a very uncomfortable feeling. He thinks he probably was Mechal Shabbos, but he doesn't know what. He doesn't know the Lamentas of his Malachas. So his Mafrisha Korban Chatzah is just in case. He doesn't know if he didn't know his Mafrisha Korban Chatzah. The Ninus Arachatas is not Bob and Edwin and Dover. Can't volunteer Achatas. Can only be Magdash Achatas if you were Nishayev and Achatas. Only Nishayev if you have a Diyasachet. So the person is mafish achatas before he knows, just has a very uncomfortable feeling. He's mafish achatas before he knows that he was Machal Shabbos. Then he realizes that he was Machal Shabbos. He brings achatas at Beis Amigdash, but he was never magdash it again after he had the diasachet. So Taisa said that it's Chulam Bazara. Before you diasachet, there's no chiyav to bring achatas. So they should point it out. The same is true regarding tshuva. One is not mechiyav to do tshuva until you have first hakora sachet by the mapilim. The Mephoshim asked, they said, uh, the, after the Chetam Ragnum, they said, we're not going to go there. So the Rabban Shalom said, we're going to punish them. So they said, the next day, by Yapil Allah Sahar. And then uh, Moshe Abedin told them that, uh, that they, sh- they shouldn't go. And they said, um, they, they, they said, Avidri, they, they, they did Shuva. So why wasn't, Kormi Hashem Kichatanu? They said that uh, we admit that we sinned. And, and they wanted to do tshuva, so all the Mepharshim discussed why wasn't that tshuva accepted. So they say, I think in the name of the Baal Shem Tov, they never did hakoras hachet. They said, Omer Hashem ki chatanu. We don't recognize, we don't realize, we don't have any yediyah sachet. Vishitoskar, Barishlam, you think that we did it out there. Ki Omer Hashem ki chatanu. So, achet, okay, so we're clapping achet. We're asking for a kapor, but they didn't have hakoras hachet. If you don't have hakoras hachet, so the whole chiv tshuva doesn't get off the ground doesn't begin. So for that, a lot of times, you need a, you have to ask a Kodesh Baruch on Hashem, please give me the ability to, uh, to recognize that I did an Avera. If the same story is told by different people, each person is always the hero of the story. There are two different versions, and many different versions of the same story. Whoever tells the story, he's going to be the hero of the story. His version always says that he didn't do anything wrong. Everything that he did was right. I remember when I was a Talmud in the yeshivas and the Mashgiach spoke, uh, Mashgiach Zohan al spoke about uh, the din in the Shulchan Aruch, the, quoting the Gemara, that Averish, uh, his Aleim, Bishana Sha'avra, if a person admitted last year, he said Vidu, and he, and he did Shuvah, and he didn't repeat those Averis again. He didn't repeat the Averis again, so does he have to repeat the Vidu? Does he have to say Vidu again this year? So it's a discussion in the Gemara. So the Pesach and Shulchan Aruch is yes. The Aver is that he admitted that he said Bidri on last year, even though he didn't repeat the other, he didn't go back 
to do the same Aver again, it's still Kedai that he should repeat Vidya again this year. Why? But he didn't do the Aver. He already was Nimchal. He already said Vidya last year. So Amanda Mashgiach explained that if the person is about Shuvah and he didn't repeat the Avera, then he's growing in his Yerushalayim, obviously. He's able to control his Yetzirah. So there's going to be a deeper Hakorah Sachet. He's going to recognize even in a deeper way how serious the Avera was that he did. So since there's a deeper Hakorah Sachet, so there's an Uchiyev to do Tshuva. So that's why uh, the Shulchan Rav Paskins, that even Avera she, his vada aleh mishana shavu v'leichaz aleh. He didn't repeat averes. It's kedai that he should say vidi again because there's a deeper hakoras achet. He realizes that it was worse than he thought last year. So he has to repeat the the vidi. Has to repeat shuva again. Absolvechik once told over a story that on one occasion, perhaps it was during the First World War. So uh, the way the one that told it over to me. Uh, he didn't remember all the details that the Chavetz Chaim thought there's a possibility maybe we should be going to the tiniest seabor that all of the people should uh, should fast because it was so it was such an ace star for the Jewish people so the Rabbanim used to consult with each other so Rab Chaim Salavechik was opposed to a tiniest seabor to be going to the tiniest seabor he said that it only makes sense to be going to the tiniest seabor if there's a chance that there's going to be Tshuvah Sat seabor that the purpose of a tainus, the Ramam is to be more of the people to tshuva. But if you don't think that there's a, a possibility of a tzibur doing tshuva, so then uh, it doesn't make sense to be going to tainus tzibur. So there's such a tshuva in the Minchan Saluza also. The Minchan Saluza is tshuva, Minkach is tshuva. They're very nice tshuva. Most of them are all very reasonable. Only the tshuva that when he talks about Zionism, those are really, really he goes... Uh, Irrational. The Jewish is about Zionism, Amam is irrational. So he has also such a suggestion that uh, he died before the Second World War. He didn't see what was, uh, what was coming. So uh, at one point he says there was a discussion, maybe there should be guys at Tainus Tzibur. So he says he doesn't see that there's, like Rab Chaim, he doesn't see that there's a chance that there's going to be Chuvas at Tzibur. He doesn't think that it's proper to be guys at Tainus Tzibur. Why does he think there's no chance to, to, to be Chuvas at Tzibur? So by him, the only Avera, the, be, the main Avera was Zionist. That was the biggest Avera. From all Averas in the Torah, the biggest Avera is to be a Zionist. So he says, the secular Zionists, they're never going to do tshuva. There's nothing to discuss. There's such apikusim rishoyim. I remember there was a Munkatra Chassid who just passed away about five years ago. So he used to visit me every so often when he visited in Washington Heights by his children. So he used to, we used to get together sometimes. He would say... He remembers the way the Munkacha would curse the Zionists when the Bima in his public drushes. This man died when he was in his 90s. He said he would shudder, he would shake when he would just remember the curses that the, the Munkacha said against the Zionists. So he read this tshuva that he has. So he says, the secular Zionists, they're not going to do tshuva. They're such a pikusim. And he has a whole arichas. Then he says, the Mizrahi, they're worse than the secular Zionists. Because they made a mitzvah out of it. This is the biggest aver in the world. Zionism, they made a mitzvah. Then he said, their good is worse than Mizrahi because they claim that they're anti-Zionists and they're fakers. They're also Zionists. And, and he says, we didn't do any aver in the first place. So we don't have to do tshuva. We didn't, we didn't do any aver in the first place. So we don't have to do tshuva. The only aver that counts is Zionism. The only aver from the guns of Tariyag the only aver. So a lot of times this season of the year, but a people are learning yeshivas, learned in yeshivas, 
They learn, uh, they, they learn. So people wonder, what do we have to do tshuva about? So I just thought there are some obvious things that we all have to consider doing tshuva about. So one of the things is take Zionism. That nobody complains, Tzian Dorishain law. That nobody cares about Eretz Yisrael. We have a mitzvah in the Torah. I question whether the, the Rambam the Rambam and the Ramban have an argument whether you count it as one of the Tariq mitzvahs or not, but most of them unfortunately agree that even according to the Rambam it's a mitzvah in the they just say based on the rules and regulations of the Rambam system which mitzvahs do count and which mitzvahs don't count, so they say the Rambam holds that it's a mitzvah in to live in Eretz Yisrael, but for some reason or another it shouldn't be counted as an independent mitzvah so everybody agrees it's a mitzvah to live in Eretz Yisrael so years ago, people would uh, not want to move to Eretz Yisrael because it was a sakana, it was considered a sakana, and it was hard, Tesis gives two reasons, hard to observe the mitzvahs, so the Abdenazer writes says, today there's no sakana, unfortunately, there is a little bit of sakana, every day people are killed, there are terrorist attacks every day in Eretz Yisrael, but that's one out of uh, six, uh, six million people, there's so many Jews in Eretz Yisrael, so that's... Uh, uh, so you can't really say you're put from moving to Eretzel because it's, I can't, can't say it's hard to observe Mitzvah's words. Get food that has a that hashgach lamahadron. Whoever can, whoever can possibly move to Eretzel, make a reasonable parnasah. It has a mitzvah to to live in Eretzel. So uh, unfortunately, uh, most people it's not even on the radar. People are embarrassed to associate with the Zionists. They don't. They're embarrassed to to even consider the possibility of moving to Eretz Yisrael. Many of us should really consider it, so should consider the possibility of moving to Eretz Yisrael. We have a concept, the Gemara talks about the uh, Golas Hashchina. We read in Parshas Nitzavim, that after all of the Tzoros that the Jewish people will suffer when we live in Golas, V'shav Hashem Lekecha Shibuscha. So the Gemara comments, why does it say V'shav? It says V'heshiv, it should have said V'heshiv or uh, Yoshiv, Shav means that he will return back to Eretz Yisrael. So the Gemara says, well, when the, we see from the Pesukim, in Torah, in the Bim Aksufim, when the Bnei Sol goes into Golis, the Shechina goes into Golis also. So what is this concept of Golis HaShechina? The Rav Hashem goes along with us. So says, many of them have first explained, we have a din in, in Golis, we have a din in Maseches Makas, in Perik Hela When somebody killed B'Shegek, he has to run away to one of the Ori Miklat in Eretz Yisrael. So it says, he should go to one of the Miklot and he'll be able to live. So the Gemara understands not just that the Goel Adam won't kill him, he'll live it up, he'll enjoy himself there. You have to have drugstores and you have to have uh, movie theaters and you have to have uh, museums and you have to have libraries. You have to have everything to make life pleasant in the Ori Miklot. It shouldn't just be a little village. It should be a reasonable size a city that has everything that people would enjoy. And then the Gemara says, if the one who killed B'Shegek happens to be a Talmud who learns in Yeshiva, Talmud Shagol, a Maglan, the Rabbi Ima, because he won't really enjoy life if he doesn't have a Shia. Today they'll give uh, by the internet, whatever, he'll be able to listen. But in the days of Gemara, they didn't have such a thing as the internet. So the din is the Rebbe has to go to the Miklot to give a Shia to accommodate uh, the Talmud. We want a, a Golos is a punishment, it's an Einish, but it doesn't mean he has to suffer miserably in the Golos. So that's what the Mepharshim say. The Bansham sends the Jewish people at the Golos 
as a punishment. He doesn't want we should suffer so much. The fact that we're in Golis, that itself is the punishment. So Yavad Shalom goes into Golis with us, like Talmud Shagolah, Magdalene le Rabbayimah. The Rebbe has to go to be along with the Talmud to make it comfortable for the Talmud. So that's why the Shekhinah goes into the Golis with us. So how long does the Rebbe have to accommodate the Talmud? Once the Kohen Godel dies, so the Talmud can move back to his regular city where he lives. He doesn't have to stay in the Mikleth after most HaKohen HaGodel. So the Talmud, the Rebbe is not Mechayev to and the Talmud likes it there. He was living in the Mikleth for 10 years. He got used to it. He likes it. It has the movies and it has the museum and the theater and the library and everything. And the Rebbe comes and gives a shir once a week. He likes it over there. He met a lot of friends. He made a lot of friends. They did not only have their murderers there. They had people who lived there all year long. They had they run uh, they run uh, businesses and so on. So he likes it there. I don't think the Rebbe is mechuyev to come accommodate the Talmud once the kind of dies. So once the Shalom gave us a Medina, so then he says, "Kindalach, come back to Eretz Yisrael." So why should he be with us in the Golas? He's probably not here anymore. The Golas Ashkenazi probably overread. It's already b'shavah shamakecha. He already returned back to Eretz Yisrael. So if we don't have the Shalom holding our hand anymore. We should really uh, consider this uh, Indian. Whoever can make a reasonable Parnassa in Eretz Yisrael should really consider uh, living in Eretz Yisrael. A lot of people are embarrassed. They don't want to identify with the Zionists, the kooky Zionists, the Kupniks, and with this and whatever. A, shouldn't, a person shouldn't neglect the mitzvah because he's embarrassed because of what they're going to say about him. He shouldn't be embarrassed. You have to do the right thing. Another thing that uh, many of us are negligent in is the mitzvah in the second parasha in Kriyashma, Chinuch I remember years ago reading an essay by uh, Rabbi Leo Kitov, the author of Sefer HaTod Oz. I remember the title of the essay was He has a lot of complaints about the way we mechanach our children. We have the two parshias, and the first parsha it says Vishinantam Levanecha, so the Chazal understand Eilavatamidim. That doesn't refer to the children. Only in the second parsha we say Lamartamasanzbenechem. That refers to your children. Lacharit should have been just the reverse. It should have said the first parsha Vishinantam Levanecha, Vanecha is Banecha, your children. Then the second parsha Menu Inyan Levanim Tenehu Inyan Tamidim. Why did they say no? The first parsha goes on. Goes on Talmidim, only in the second parsha goes on Bonim. So I remember Rav Salvechik thought that the first parsha, the Mishnah says the first parsha is Kabbalah Samachu Shemayim. And the Ramam writes that there are three parts to Kabbalah Samachu Shemayim. The Ramam in Hilchus Kriyashma writes that you have Yehudai, Havosai, the Talmudai. You have, we believe in uh, one God, Yichud Hashem, we believe in Avas Hashem. Supposed to love a Kaddish Boch and Talmud, Rav Salvechik understood means he's supposed to learn the Torah. So Rav Salvechik thought that which aspect of Liman Torah is Kabbalah Samach Shemaim, that's the learning in the Yeshivas. When he gives the Shia, when the Rav gives the Shia, that's Kabbalah Samach Shemaim. The father teaches his children, Kitsu Shochanar, that's Kabbalah Samach Shemaim. He thought that, the, that that's in the second parasha. The Lima turned the first parasha, the Tanoim understood that that's referring to the learning on the higher level. That's called Kabbalah Samach HaShemayim. Remember, Rav Gifter once had a suggestion that the Chazal understood Vishinantam Lefanech Shiyudivit Torim Bechudodim Beficha. That's only in the Yeshiva. The Rebbe can present a knockout shir and he can explain everything so clearly that all the Tamidim will be Mechudodim Beficha. Not every father has the blessing that all of his children are so bright and so sharp that it's going to be Mechudodim Beficha. So maybe that's what motivated the Chachamim to understand 
that, that the first parsha that says Vishinantam goes on Talmidim, and the second parsha that Maratim Menechem goes on teaching Torah to your own children. So to what extent is one who here to teach his children Torah? The child should be able to read Hebrew without Nakudas, they should be able to pull through, or does he have to really try to teach the child to become a big Tamachachim to know everything? So the Ramo and Shulchanar quotes from the Hagos Ashri Masechas Zara, based on the Gemara, that if the mother is not well enough to nurse her own baby, and she has to get a Nachris to be manic to nurse the child, so we should uh, try to impress upon the Nachris that she shouldn't eat non kosher food during that period of time that she's nursing Jewish baby. Why? Because Medrash says that when they gave Moshe Abena was a little baby, they gave him over to the Noshim Mitzrias that they should nurse him, they found this little baby, so that he was, uh, he was crying, he, he was hungry, so they felt they have to nurse him, so he didn't want to drink, he didn't want to drink from the Noshim Mitzrias because they ate non-kosher food. Alpidin, the milk is just as kosher, but since it originated from Macholos Asurais, so the Medrash has the expression, Pesha Asur, the Dabir Mashkin Moshe was going to turn out to be such a great Navi, so it wasn't shocked that he should nurse for Nasha Mitzrias if they're eating Macholos Asurais. So the Ramah says that we should not cheat, interesting din, we should not cheat our children from the possibility of becoming great like Moshe Abbeinu. Maybe our children are right to become a Pesha Asur, the Dabir Mashkin So if we're going to have them nurse from Anisha Nachris, who eats Macholos Asurit is going to kill the opportunity of the child to become great like Moshe Rabbeinu, to become a Pesha Asur, the Dabar Mashchina. So they quote from Abiyanke Kamenetzke, I think it's in the Sefer on Shulchan Aruch, that you see from this Ramah, the Ramah is quoting the Rishayim, that we're supposed to, we're supposed to teach our children to such an extent to give them all, all the opportunities in the world. They don't necessarily have to turn out to be Rabbanim, but we have to give them the opportunity to become the biggest Tamir HaChachamim in the world, to become the biggest Nuvim in the world. We should try to see to it that they shouldn't lose that opportunity. We often cheat our children. We just feel that uh, we'll get away with the least amount. We don't want to look strange. None of our neighbors are, are teaching their children so much. So we, uh, we want to do uh, the same as everybody else. Nobody wants to stand out. Absolutely, pointed out that uh, he said Lubavitcha Minig Chabad's Minig is that at the end of the Seder they don't say Echad Mi Odea so I seem to remember he explained why because Echad Mi Odea you say what is one what is two what is three what is four. He's, he's saying Shema Yisrael Hashem Echad is a number God is one so he said Hashem Echad Hashem Echad means something much more than a number and that doesn't mean there's only one God uh, monotheism as opposed to many gods many, many uh, the Catholics believe in the Trinity and others believe in more, more gods, and we only believe among gods. Rav Salvechik said, Hashem Echad means something more than that. It means, Hashem Echad means God is unique. Uh, and the Gemara in Chagiga says like this, Hashem Echad, Hashem Echad, Hatem Asisun Echativa Achaz Bo'elam. Afani Yasei Eschem Echativa Achaz Bo'elam. We declare that Kodesh Baruch is unique. If Kodesh Baruch is unique, then the Mele, there's only one God. If there would be more than one God, so he wouldn't be unique. But God is unique, and HaKadosh Baruch created man, but Salam Alakim said every human being is also unique. There are no two people who are the same. That's a double portion like that. No two people are the same. Um, we have a, a din 
Balachaim Chashivi Veloi Beteli and Yeridea, you have the Chatich of Eilis Kabin is not bottled, Dovisha Dominion is not bottled, all of this is Midirabana. But the Chavaz Das writes that there's a, he quotes a Ramban, there's a Din Menatari, the Beniodim Labitelim, so he has a Ramban, that that's a Din Menatari. Human beings are unique, they cannot lose their identity in the conglomerate. Maybe that's the called the Tikkun Rabbanan came there. I said, Tikkun, how did the Chachamim introduce all these Dinam de Rabbanan? That Balichaim Chashibi, Labiteli, Chatich, Wilaskab, Dovish, and Minya. Why? There is a Din de Raisa like that, Beni Odaman, not to tell him. That's a Din and Antara. So people are unique. Every human being is unique. The Raman writes in Hilchas Deus, Derek Briyasu Shaladan, people were created in such a way that the social animals, they like to go along with the crowds. They don't want to stand out. They don't want to do something different. They don't want to stand out like a sore thumb. So a lot of people, a lot of times when it comes to doing mitzvahs also, I don't want to do anything different from anybody else. Everybody's going this route, so I'm going to go the same way. And I, I know that it's not the right way to go. So that's not right. There's nothing wrong. Every human being is unique. There's nothing wrong. You should do something different. You don't have to be politically correct just because none of your neighbors are doing like that. It doesn't mean that you have to do the same. If your neighbors are not giving the proper chinuch to their children, so you don't have to go along with them. You, you can stand out and you give the proper chinuch to your children. More comment on there's a difficult Pasik in, in uh, Tehillim. The Pasik describes Tvila as Kirum Zulas Livne Adam. Tvila is considered from the Dvarm Ha'am, the Mrum Mishalaylam, and the Adam is Azalim Bohem. In what way is Tvila considered from the Dvarm Ha'am, the Mrum Mishalaylam? So the Gemara tells us, the Psukim Chomish tells us, that the Imohes, Sarah Rivka, and, and Rachel were Akaris. But they weren't able to have any children. The Gemara adds on, based on Psukim, that Abraham, Yitzchak, and Yaakov were also Akorim. So, none of us should exist. The whole Klaali soul shouldn't exist. The whole existence of the Klaali soul is, is Keneged HaTeva. That's perhaps why there's such uh, anti-Semitism, because the body always rejects all foreign matter. And the Teva Ha'ilam is that the Jewish people shouldn't exist, because all the others and all the Imas were all uh, Akorim and Akorists. So none of us should have said, so we don't fit in with the Teva, so whatever doesn't fit in, so the Teva rejects it, the body rejects all the foreign matter, the whole Jewish people is, is a foreign matter in the Teva Ha'ilam. So the, um, so the Gemara asks, why did HaKadosh Baruch do such a thing, that obviously and Nehemiah should be HaKarim and HaKarim? So the Gemara gives a strange answer in Yavamas, HaKadosh Baruch HaMesaveh L'Tvilosam Shel Tzadikim. What do you mean, Misava? Some people, some men have a taiva for women. Some people have a taiva for money. Some people have a taiva for COVID. Some people have a taiva. I remember once they honored a certain balabas at a chagasmicha in the yeshiva. So uh, he apparently gave a lot of money. So uh, they called him up, so he said, Dr. Lehm knows how to give COVID, and, and uh, I enjoy COVID, and I don't understand why there's no bichas hanahen on COVID. I get more Hanua from COVID than I get from eating food. And because Dr. Lehm knows how to give COVID, I gave my money to Yeshiva University. Thank you very much. That was, that was the whole Russia that he gave. He told the truth, yeah. COVID. A lot of people enjoy COVID. A lot of people enjoy uh, Mammon. They have, the Rabban Shalom also has titus. We don't understand that. What do you mean the Rabban Shalom has a titus? We don't understand it. Like one of the Rishonim writes, Philly died of Hayisibif. 
if we would understand HaKadosh Baruch Hu, then we would understand what it means that he has a taiva for Tfilis. It doesn't mean that he has a taiva for the Shevach, that, uh, that we praise HaKadosh Baruch Hu. That's not really the Iker of the Tfilah. The Iker of the Tfilah is really the middle part, the Bakashas Tzarochim. The Recheritz dictates that he should begin the Tfilah with Shevach and he should end the Tfilah with Hadoya to thank HaKadosh Baruch Hu. But the essence of the Tfilah is really the Bakashas Tzarochim in the middle. So what does mean? He wants the people to recognize that they're not fully in charge, that the Rabbanu Shalom is really in charge of everything in the world. That's really Yichur Hashem. Yichur Hashem means it's only one God, and that one God is in charge of everything in the world. And that one God is the source, that Bari Olam is the source of determining what's right and what's wrong. He's the one who decides what's Tov and Ra. And we have no say in that. That's exactly why it's a violation of, of Yichur Hashem. If people are going to make the wrong choice as far as any decision, because the neighbors are all going along this path, the neighbors are embarrassed to, to, to daven too long, the neighbors are embarrassed to daven along Hashem Esri because everybody finishes earlier, they're going to make fun of me that I'm a chnyok, I'm a batlan. They're going to make fun of me. He said, that's why I should, daven, uh, I should leave out every other word, every other syllable in the, in the siddur, in the davening. That's not right. Uh, we're setting up as the, the one who determines what's right and what's wrong. The neighbors, das hakohol. We're concerned about what the neighbors say. All the neighbors send the children to this rotten yeshiva. Not all the yeshivas are so gavaldic. So some of the yeshivas are not so good. Yeshivas for boys, yeshivas for girls. Some of them are not so gavaldic. But all the neighbors send their children to this yeshiva. I'm going to send my child to a different yeshiva. I'm embarrassed. Why should he be embarrassed? If you're doing the right thing, you shouldn't be embarrassed. The one who determines what's right and what's wrong is the Rabbani Shalom. That's Yichud Hashem. It's not human beings. So, when the Rabbani Shalom is Mishabat the Tfilosim Shot Tzadikim, it doesn't mean he's Mishabat to the Shevach. By the Oib the Avodah all of the whole religion is a man-made religion. So by them, they enjoy flattery. Human beings enjoy flattery. So they uh, visualize that the gods also enjoy flattery because all of their gods are uh, man-made gods. So they say, just like they appreciate flattery, they think that gods also appreciate flattery. God doesn't appreciate the flattery. He doesn't, he doesn't need our flattery. He wants us to daven to him that we should recognize that he's in charge. We should recognize that he's the one who's in charge of everything. Davening is uh, like the Gemara says, it's varm haim shaloylam. A person should recognize that HaKadosh Baruch is in full control of everything. We have to daven to him. The Mishnah says in, in Brochus, and the Mishnah in Pekei repeats the same Mishnah from Brochus, that HaEset Tfilosa Keva ain't Tfilosa Tachanunim. What does it mean HaEset Tfilosa Keva? So the Gemara has uh, two pshatim. So one pshat is, I always daven at the 7 o'clock minyan. You shouldn't daven always 7 o'clock minyan, 8 o'clock minyan. You should always daven basikin. Every day is going to be a different time. It can't be 7 o'clock. Vasika, and you have to daven in such a way that you get to say Kriyashma right before sunrise. You get to the Shman Esrei uh, right after the sunrise. So that can't be Oisit Filosa Keva. It's not right to daven like that. Okay, so that's the Gemara has one shot. You shouldn't daven at the Minya Kavu at the 7 o'clock Minya. You should daven, try to daven Vasikin. We don't, most of us don't daven Vasikin. So we follow the other pshat in the Gemara. So what was the other pshat? A person just davens the text that's printed in the Siddur and he doesn't add anything else on. So the Gemara said, that's not right. The text that's printed that was composed by the Anshik Nesagdoyla and touched up over the generations and so on, that's the text that they worked out that's meaningful for all the Jews in all the countries in the world uh, in all generations. 
But in every generation, it depends what day of the week, what day of the year it is. Every day there's something else coming up. This child is not well and this child needs a shidduch and that child needs children and, the, and this one has to be accepted into graduate school. So every day a new, a new tzara comes up, so you have to have tachnun and You just say the text of the Shman every day, the same text. It means you don't really believe that the Rabban Shalom is in charge of the world. You're just being yetzer the tefillah. The idea of tefillah is that you recognize how Kodesh Baruch is in full control of everything and yes, can please take care of the things that I need help on. So the tefillah is considered one of the Dvarim Haram, the Mubim Shalolim. And a lot of people are so mizalzal in the tefillah. They run through the davening. They, they daven faster than they would talk to a human being. What's the Derech Eretz? If you would talk in, in business, talk to your business associates, you would speak so quickly. I speak pretty quickly. But people, when they daven, they daven so fast, they would never talk to a human being so fast. What kind of davening is that? It's ridiculous. A lot, a lot of the people, they daven quickly because they leave out every other syllable. They leave out every other word. So what kind of a davening is that? It says in the Shulchan Tov Miat Bekavona, Mehar Bishaloi Bekavona. It's better to say less and to know what you're saying rather than to say so much and not to know anything what you're talking about. Our, our, our mother tongue is not Hebrew. We talk English. I was born in America. We talk English. So when you talk in Hebrew, you see, when you say the Nusach HaDashman if you want to have Kavani, you have to speak a little slower. Slower than you would normally speak in English. In English, that's our mother tongue, so we speak English quickly. But Hebrew, we don't speak so quickly. See, you have to dive in slow. It's better to say less. As I say all the time, I never finish all the psukhadism, even a Rosh Yom Kippur. I can't dive so quickly. So, so there are rules and regulations. What you can leave out, so yeah, it's, it's better to daven, it's better to daven slower. A lot of times when I daven by the Balabatim, when I daven the Yeshiva, say they wait for me to say Shmon Esri, to Chazad Shmon Esri. But when I daven by the Balabatim, they're not going to wait for me. So I do, my father used to do this, and so Chacham Avadi writes in his Chubas, he does like this, he quotes Svadrushi Poskim, who say like this, that he davens in advance, he starts davening before the Tzibur, and, uh, and he starts, when they're saying Kriyashma, I start saying Shmon Esri, Tefillah Belachash, so that when I'll finish my Tefillah Belachash, the Chazm will be about to, to start the Chazar Sashatz. Otherwise, if you're going to daven Baruch with the Tzibur, you're going to miss Kedusha every day. You're not going to hear the Chazar HaShatz. That's not right. You have to, you have to, you have to daven the Chazar HaShatz. You have to listen to Chazar HaShatz. What motivated the Chachamim initially to introduce Chazar HaShatz was that there were so many people who were not Bikiyim. They didn't know how to daven. So they introduced Chazar HaShatz to be Moitzah Dein Abaki. But that was what motivated them to make the Takana. But once they made the Takana, then even if you're a Abaki, even if you know how to daven, still there's a chiv to listen to the Chazaras HaShatz. Everyone has to listen. Uh, the Shilti Giborim on the side of the Rif, in the end of Masech, as Vashana points out, that just like there's a Korban Yochid and there's a Korban Tzibur, so too there's a Tfilos HaYochid and there's a Tfilos HaTzibur. So when you daven, Rab Salavechik is to give this shir. My father told me he remembered that this was the first shir that Rab Salavechik said when he came to America. He came off the boat, Ramayshad Salvechik brought all the Talmudim to the dock in order to greet Rav Salvechik when he arrived in America. And then he was Mechabed, his son, Rabbi Yoshebe Salvechik, to say she the next day in the yeshiva. So the shir was on Chazor Sashat, on this topic. Rav Salvechik repeated it over the years that there's a Tfilus HaYochid, then there's a Tfilus HaTzibur. So the Chazor Sashat is for everybody, not only for the Ein Bikim. Everyone has to pay attention to the Chazor Sashat. The Rambam writes, 
that it's a chil Hashem that people are talking during Chazor Shashatz, they don't pay attention. In the church, they have their heritage, so there's no schmoozing, there's no talking. And in the shul, there's uh, talking, so the Ramam did away with the Chazor Shashatz. I remember when the Moroccans first came to America, they were learning in Brooklyn, in Mir Yeshiva, I was there in the summertime, they had their own minion, because they didn't do Chazor Shashatz, they still followed Takwana Saramam. And in, in Europe, and there's still Svartish Kehillahs in, in Europe, but they say, well, they don't do Hazar Sashats. Because the people, you know, the people are going to talk. I remember we were in Barcelona for a Shabbos a couple of years ago, so Shachris, the shul was half empty. So they had Hazar Sashats, because uh, the few people who were there were not going to talk about by Musab, that the shul was crowded. So the rabbi told us they don't do Hazar Sashats, because the people are just going to talk. So that's terrible. That's terrible. You're supposed to listen to the Hazar Sashats. They quote from the Vilna Goen that his practice was not like it says in Shulchan Aruch that when the Chazan says the bracha say Baruch Hu Roshmai and you say Amen you should only say Amen you shouldn't say Baruch Hu Roshmai. So the different suggestions given as to why the Vilna Goen had this idea why shouldn't you say Baruch Hu Roshmai? So the Talmud Hagra say because by Kiddush and Abdullah if you want to be out with the bracha so the Dogam Levavah then at the Yehuda right in his Aris on the Shulchan Aruch you shouldn't say Baruch Hu Roshmai. If someone's saying Kiddush Havdalah to be Maitzah you, because you want to be Yaitzah, so it'll be a Hefzik in the middle. So Chazar Sashat's also, the Chazan, the Shlech Tzibur, is Maitzah, the whole Tzibur, with the Chazar Sashat. So you shouldn't say Baruch Hu Others give different explanations, but you have to pay attention to the Chazar Sashat. And we assume that the Tfilah of Tzibur in Shulchan Aruch says you should leave your Tfilah on to the end of the Tfilah of Tzibur. So what's the, what is the end of the Tfilah of Tzibur? So there's a Machlech, is the Machab and the Ramah. The Mechaba says, when the Chazan says, Kaddish Tiskabel, after a Volatian, so that's the end of Tefillah B'tzibah. The Ramah disagrees, and he says, not until you say Kaddish after Aleinu. Many assume the Kaddish after Aleinu is only Kaddish Yosem. So if it's no Yosem, so nobody says the Kaddish. So the Ramah says, not so. The Kaddish after Aleinu is not a Kaddish Yosem. Even if there's, no, if there's a Yosem, let the Yosem say. But if there's no Yosem, the Ramah says, someone should say the Kaddish anyway. That's the official conclusion of the Tefillah B'tzibah. So the Mechaber writes, you should leave it filling on until after the Chazan finishes Kaddish Tiskabel, after Volatian. And the Ramah says, everyone should leave on the Tfilin until the end of Tfilas Atzibur, to the end of Tfilah B'tzibur. Tfilah B'tzibur is over when you recite the Kaddish after, uh, after Aleinu. And all the shuls, the people are taking off the Tfilin before you say Aleinu, before, before the Chazan even says the Kaddish Tiskabel. I know why. The Gemara says that the Bnei Marave used to take off the tefillin and they used to say the bracha. So the Gemara says we don't in Eretz Yisrael they didn't in Bubble they didn't pass them like that. So we we follow the Bavli. You don't say lish machukav. So the Bishyasu says the tefillah that we say at the end of a Bolatzion is based on lish machukav. We don't say baruch atu Hashem alakein malchayim lish machukav. We say yiratzon shenish machukecha boilam mazeh v'nizke v'nichye v'nir etc. loilam abo. So the Beis Yosef quotes Matzosi Kosov, that's in the place of, that takes the place of the bracha of Lishma Chukav. So apparently such a practice developed that you're saying Lishma Chukav, so you take off the tefillin. But it says in Shulchan Aruch, you shouldn't, that's the reason why they introduced that Nusach, but it says B'Tevish, you shouldn't take off your tefillin there. These are things that every day people are doing the wrong, people are doing the wrong thing. A lot of times people are, are doing the wrong thing, they're just embarrassed and doing the wrong thing because they see everybody else is doing like that. They, don't want to st- they know what's right. They don't want to stand out to do the right thing. That's not right. It's very common. P- 
people in business deal with non-Jews. So a lot of the non-Jews speak Nivopet all day long. So the Jewish business associates have to show that they're with it. And they know uh, how to talk like everybody else. So they also talk Nivopet. They think it's part of their parnasa to talk Nivopet. You can train the non-Jews that they should stop talking Nivopet instead of we talking like them. We should get them to talk like us. I have a, a niece of mine who's a very elderly girl, so she used to work in a business where there were that, a lot of non-Jews, and everybody knew that when she walks into the room, they don't talk any evil pet, because they, they knew that it's, uh, she, she, would, she would be very upset. She wouldn't give Musa, but they understood that she would be very upset. We should be mocked about that. The way people dress, the Medrash has an expression, we picked up from our non-Jewish neighbors all of the Midas Megunas. Instead of picking up all the Milas Taivas, all the Midas Taivas, the Gemara says there's a lot of Musa to be learned from the Persians and from the Romans and from the Medians and from, from every Ummah has something good, the good lessons, the Midas Taivas. So the Medrash has such an expression. Instead of picking up the good Midas from the Nochem, we picked up all the bad Midas. Many of uh, religious women don't dress properly. They, they want to dress like all of, their, all of their neighbors. That's a terrible thing. Years ago, the Rabbanim used to tumble. I remember when I was growing up, Rabbi Salvechik used to tumble in his yardside rushes about women going sleeveless. He's going to say the women should wear long sleeves. It's a tafasta move like tafasta. It doesn't stand the chance they're not going to listen. The Rabbi Breuer also, they were tumbling about people going sleeveless because they've they, they got to go one thing at a time. Now, Baruch Hashem, most of the religious people don't go sleeveless, and now the Rabbanim have to tumble, the women have to wear decent sized uh, dresses, they should, wear, uh, they should dress properly. It's not right, many of the, even the religious women, many of the religious women wear shakelins, and they have such long shakelins that are very alluring, or they have uh, slits in the skirts that are very suggestive, or they have very tight dresses that are very improper, and uh, we shouldn't have picked these things up from the Goisha neighbors. We don't want to stand out. But still, the Pesach says in Parshas, Mishpotim l'siyach eram l'eroes. So the Torah Shavah Peh has an additional level of interpretation on the Pesach. That when you have a case of Dine Nefoshes, you need a Roiv of Shnaim. If you have a Vezna of 23, a Sanhedrin Tan of 23, and, uh, and uh, 12 say that it's Chayv Nisan, 11 say that it's Potter, so you can't give the death penalty based on the Roiv of Echot. So you have to have 13 should say it's Chayv Nisan, and 10 say Potter. You're never going to have a Rav Shnayim, but you have to have a Rav of, of Shlosha. So that's an additional level of interpretation. In the case of the Pasha, but the Pasha Pshat is you shouldn't, you shouldn't follow the crowd when they're doing something wrong. If you know that it's wrong, you shouldn't follow. Are you going to stand out? So, so you'll stand out. So the women will stand out that they dress properly and the person will stand out that he davens properly and, and the families will stand out that they send their children, they send their daughters to a, from a camp and to a from a uh, seminary in Eretz Yisrael, and to a from a school uh, from a school here in America, and they send their boys to a from a yeshiva. They, do, they shouldn't feel bad about that that they stand up. The one to be aware of what's right and what's wrong is the Rebbeinu Shlom. That's called Yichud Hashem. He's the only one who determines what's right and what's wrong. Sil Sharm has a has a line. The Gemara has an expression, So he says, that's only if the Brias act like Brias, but if they're acting like Behemoths, that you don't have to be died to Shalodim or Rebis, they're not Brias, you don't have to worry about that. 
a person comes on shul, comes to shul on time, he's already late. You have to put on your talis and tefillin. You have to come early. You have to start davening before the chazan. The poskim say, how are you going to get mayor brachas b'chol yom? We don't say 100 brachas every day. So you have to say the 15 brachas hashacha before the chazan. Then when you listen to the chazan, you say amen. So it's considered shemer ka'ina. You got another 15 brachas that the chazan says. But if you're going to come just on time and you're going to be busy putting on your talis and tzom when the chazan is saying the birchas hashachar, then you're never going to say Zel Mekoyman. I always ask the students in class when it comes to an issue, I ask how many, how many hashamas are there? Nobody knows. I said, it's in the Siddha. There's six hasham. Nobody knows. Nobody says Zel Mekoyman. Everybody comes on time. If you come on time, it means that you're late because you have to put on your tefillin. You have to put on talis and tzom. You have to come early. I remember there used to be a falta chana erov. He used to be a big speaker. He used to be, uh, whenever the Satma Rebbe used to have the Tuchim uh, uh, demonstration, so he always had this Falta Chana Rabbi Stein. He was from Bensonhurst. Uh, so he was always a very good speaker. He would always speak. So he was once telling us, he lived in my in-laws. So he was once telling us that when he first came to Bensonhurst and he opened his shtibol, so he made up with the Balabatim, whatever time you want to daven on Shabbos, you want to daven, 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock, 10 o'clock, he'll go along with whatever they want, there's a way to be Miyashev, and he's mom, but whatever his mom we make up, the people have to come on time, they shouldn't come 10 minutes late, shouldn't come half an hour late, whatever the time is, it's a bizarre to the tefillah, if you come late, if you come on time, it's also you're late, you have to come early, you have to come early, we don't have to look, what people are thinking, um, what is there to do tshuva about? There's a lot that we can do tshuva about. The Balatanya has an Igeris HaTshuva. So an Igeris HaTshuva uh, at the end of the Tanya. So he writes that there are two types of tshuva. There's one tshuva, a person did Averis, he has to straighten out, stop doing Averis. There's another tshuva, a person didn't fulfill his potential. The Midrashim have different interpretations of Yankov's Cholom with the Malachim going up and down the ladder. So what is it supposed to represent? So the Gemara has in Chulim, the beginning of Peregit Anash, the Gemara has one interpretation, Malachim went up to heaven, Malachim Olim Biyardim. Malachim went up to heaven and he saw in the Kisya Akab, the Musti Yukna, Shayak Babinu, his Chakuk Al Kisya Akab, because the Pasuk says in Yechaskal, there are four faces on the Kisya Akab, Ariq Vuv Nesher, and Odom, and the Odom is Pnei Yankov. So they looked at the Kisya cover, then they come down and they see this man is sleeping, so it says Bikshul Hargai. Why Bikshul Hargai? What did he do? So Rabchai Valojan explains in Nefesh Rachaim, they saw Dvus Yukhtan Chakuk al Kisya cover, they saw what potential this great man has. Then they come down and they see the guy is sleeping. What are you sleeping for? They didn't realize that it was, uh, that uh, he, he was learning, basement Doshul Shem Yeva, he was learning a lot. You had to have a little sleep. So, so the big shulaharga, he's not setting up to his potential. The Ban Shalom doesn't expect of us things that are beyond our ability. He expects to, to do the best that we are, the best of the potential that we were given. And if we don't live up to our potential, that's also, there's what to do tshuva about that. You have to do tshuva about that as well. Someone called me on the phone on Arab Shabbos. He learned in, I think he's a Tony learned in Tervedas. So he says when he goes to visit his children, he's very upset. 
they don't unscrew the bulb in the refrigerator on Shabbos. Their rabbi learned in Yeshiva University by Rabbi Salvechik. Rabbi Salvechik said that din is a psikreshon lechel is muta. So you don't have to unscrew the bulb. Muta, muta lahatchila. So this Balabas tells me on the phone, he understands, he understands that there is such an opinion. But do we really paskan like that? Lechatchila, we paskan like that. In Shulchan they quote that it's a machloikas. So if you really get stuck, Rabbi Salvechik said, if you really get stuck, so then uh, I remember he once said, he once said, if, if you realize that you left the bulb on on Shabbos, and it, so uh, you should make it into psikreshal nichlas, so he said you should close your eyes and open the refrigerator door and, and top around with your hands so you won't get any hanor from the light, so it'll be a psikreshal nichlas if you get stuck, if you get stuck, but you shouldn't get stuck. A lot of times when you have a machlek histerishayim, even if we pask in one way, but out of respect for the other opinion, we don't want to violate the other opinion when we don't have to. There is a machlek where a woman can read the Megillah for men. So we pask and make then a woman can read the Megillah for men because the one who said that not was the Baal Halachas Gedolahs. He lived in the days of the Goinim. And Tyson says the expression called Dvarav Dirik He must have had traditions from the days of the Amaroim. So we don't want to violate, uh, we don't want to violate his opinion. Yeah, Rabbi Soloveitchik had a lot of students. They didn't all understand what he said. Uh, some of them walked away with a totally uh, distorted version of what he said. I remember once Dr. Belkin was telling to a group of students, I said, I learned in Raden. How many boys do you think understood Rabbi Haftali Trapshah? Very few boys, five or six boys. You boys are so fortunate, you have Rabbi Salvechik, he's such a good Balmazbir. So he said, Rabbi Salvechik, your Rabbi has one shtikel chisar, and he thinks that he's such a good Balmazbir, he can explain it to everybody. He says, there are some students who will not understand Rabbi Salvechik. Unfortunately, there are, there are students who didn't understand. So they go on to say other things in the name of Rabbi Salvechik that are utterly, utterly ridiculous. I remember uh, one of the students of Rabbi Salvechik was speaking about uh, the six defining points of modern orthodoxy. He spoke in the yeshiva. So he said one of the defining points is the philosophy of Chumrah. He said the Mishnah Brewer, this is what the students told me, I wasn't there. So he said the Mishnah Brewer invented an expression, Hamach Matov Ola Bracha. So the yeshiva was learning Masech Shabbos that year, Perikira. So this boy argued with him in the middle. He said, Tosis has that expression in Perikira, about the Melech Beklisheni. The, the Loshan appears in Tosh, this uh, big professor, he thought that the Mishnah invented that expression. We have an attitude, a lot of times there's a machloikah, so we, don't, we respect even the opinion that we don't accept, we respect that opinion. A lot of times we say, and we try to avoid taking a stand, even if you know me, the din is like this, but we try to avoid taking a stand in a machlekes. Rav Salavechik uh, would never say such a thing. That you can, there's no need to unscrew the bulb in the refrigerator. Utterly ridiculous. There's a time and a place for chumras. I remember um, everyone should follow his own Rebbe. If you have a big tamachachem, you should follow your Rebbe. You follow your Rebbe's chumras and kulas, it's okay. Everyone should follow their family tradition and everything is fine. 
The Gemara says, one who follows the Chumas of Bisham, the Chumas of Bisilam, is Haksil Bachosha Cholach. He's an idiot. You're not supposed to follow the Chumas of Bisilam, Bishama. You should follow the Bishama, you follow the Bisil. But you don't want to follow the Kulas of Bisil, the Kulas of Bisham. One says, he's a Rosha, he's not following anybody. One who follows the Chumas is Haksil Bachosha Cholach. That's ridiculous. Everyone should follow his Rebbe. All the traditions are good. There used to be a Rebbe in the Yeshiva. I was friendly with his uh, son. He, we were in the same class in college. So he, the Rebbe would never say this in Yeshiva, but he said to his children at home, he said, every human being has Mishigasen. So he said, every one of the Rishonim had Mishigasen also. Rashi had Mishigasen. Abinatam had Mishigasen. Everybody had. You don't call such a person a Mishugan. Every human being has Mishigasen. The Mishugan is the one who collects everybody's Mishigasen together. Everyone should follow his Rebbe. His Rebbe has coolness and Chumas. Fine. So every, uh, every Rebbe has coolness and Chumas. But... Um, to look only for Chumas is ridiculous and to look only for Kulas is, is uh, Nikra Rasha. I don't think we have to work too hard in order to figure out uh, what B'nai Torah have to do Tshuva on. There's a lot we have to do Tshuva on. We should ask HaKadosh Boch on Hashem. He should give us the Ayat to be able to recognize that we did things that are wrong. And one of the main things that we do wrong is we're always worried about being, about being politically correct. We're embarrassed to stand out. We're embarrassed to send our children to the correct school. We know which is the correct school. We're embarrassed for the neighbors. We're embarrassed to daven a little slower. We're embarrassed to do, to do the mitzvahs properly because nobody in the community does like that. We shouldn't be so embarrassed. We should be... Rabbi Soloveitchik uh, did a lot of things. He was not politically correct. He wrote, uh, they printed this letter. He wrote in a letter once to Shlomo Zalman Sharagai that uh, politically correct for him is that he should leave them as Rachin Joe go join back to the Aguda. Oleg belonged to the Aguda at that time, but he says he felt it was more correct to be in the Mizrahi. He was never concerned about what's politically correct. You have to be concerned about what is correct, not, not my Yom going, what will the neighbors say? So I don't think we have to li- look too far to figure out what we have to work on to do tshuva. The Rabban Shalom will give us a siyat We should figure out what things we're doing wrong. We should all do tshuva. He should bless us all by the gemach We should all be healthy and we should all be able to do tshuva and to observe chumas in a reasonable fashion, not in a ridiculous way. Agut yar.